0: So if you're listening to this, that means you've had a week's gap from episode one, part one. Which means that you've had a week where you've been wondering what on earth was going to be said next in the next pieces. Wondering what other nuggets of information were coming from my guest. And you've had a week where you haven't been able to apply those nuggets because you didn't know they existed or what they were. Which is a little bit frustrating, really, because imagine how much more efficient productive or amazing you could have been but you know there's a way around it you know that you can pop along to patreon .patreon www.patreon.com slash sundaylunchpm or to spotify have a look at the feed and there's a little lock click on the lock and it will ask you to pay it's price for coffee that's it a month and you'll get everything a week early uh, and you won't have bits like this uh, in it with me wittering on about becoming a patron and things like that so have a think and anyway I'll shut up now because you're probably thinking just get on with it so yeah here's the uh, the second part of the show so I have a number of sponsors, affiliate links, um, in the way that it's set up, um, that have kindly allowed me to uh, um, share their services, really. The first one um, is Mike Clayton, and Mike runs PM, online PM courses, and it is a great resource for um, getting those fundamentals of project management uh, trained. Reasonably priced, uh, and Mike um, presents it in an accessible and um, uh, clear manner. Um, you can check out some of his um, uh, videos on, on his YouTube channel and kind of give you a view of where they are. But uh, the, the code for that, if you go to slash online PM courses, all, all one word, lowercase, that'll redirect you to it. Uh, there's very different levels that so you can um, buy, you can buy individual courses you can buy pathways as well if you like um, and I get a kickback off those, uh, Mike kindly uh, shares me that, so um, if you do jump on and use it, I hope you find it really useful um, I think he has money back guarantees and things like that as well, so there's very limited risk um, on that so uh, jump on that and that again it's online pm courses
1: and did you i'll give you a story from the book we solicited war stories from people on linkedin which i wish we had thought to solicit from you next edition we'll get one from you i'm sure you have a hundred of them war stories were stories where things went horribly well or horribly wrong um for example what my friend in boston who has um I'll get to the cultural one in a second, uh, who, who did the project manager office. One, I forget the exact details. But one of her project managers was on a call and got lost in cyberspace. So in a breakout room, wound up staying in the breakout room, couldn't back, get back to the main room, lost the entire meeting based on that, like a Black Mirror episode or something. That was <laughs> that, right? And then uh, the cultural one that Rich came up with, which was a bunch of guys uh, or people visiting Japan, And they were, there's a very formal greeting card thing, I believe, the greeting card or the business card represents you. It is you in a sense. And one of the guys saw this gleaming table and couldn't resist taking his card and skimming it across the table. And the Japanese were horrified. I would be anyway in the States, but it was double that in Japan. It was a complete insult for him to do that. He was non-cognizant of the culture. So I think working internationally and meeting us. And by the way, when we work internationally, we're mostly going to meet internationally. We're not going go over the wealth of things that we're going to meet. Respect the culture. Know the culture you're going into. And I say that whether it's uh, me going over to the Middle East or me going to, say, Alabama. You know, you may not know the differences here, but in the North, we are a lot... The North of the United States, we are a lot more... We're not as friendly. We're not as sociable as the Southerners say. I just came up for a cruise recently, a lot of Southerners. They're so warm and friendly. There's differences among us between the North and the South. But the Southerners are more, how you doing? How's it going? Do you want some iced tea? There's just a, a casual neighborliness that they have that we, especially in the Northeast, if you go from the New York to Boston, to Washington DC corridor we don't have time for pleasantries <laughs> it's all let's just get business we're not unfriendly we're just not you know New York doesn't have time for that so I have to acclimate if I work or teach in the South to that level of neighborliness I remember I taught in Indianapolis I was doing a meeting a, t- a class a lot of the people had, that's the center of the country Midwest ish Indiana a lot of people have driven up from Kentucky Boy, could they talk. They come back from lunch and they were all socializing. I had to all but get a whip to get them back into the meeting because they were socializing and whatnot and having a good time. So, yes, organizational culture is important. This is why I say uh, this stuff is so fundamental. I mean, if I'm going to hire somebody to run my project and they say, I have 10 certifications like you do, Jim. I know Microsoft Project like the back of my hand. And I'm I'm an Agilist and I know JIRA and I say, yeah, but can you talk to people? Can you communicate with people? Can you talk to stakeholders? Can I trust you? That's what I care about. I kind of don't much give a damn about your certifications. I want to know, can you, do you have soft skills? What they call power skills now in PMI. So um, I think those are important. And by the way, as I think about it, either I make these things up as I go along or they pop into my head as we're talking, I think those are much more needed the way we're doing it now because you can't see my body language. I taught um, PMP for nine years for whatever reason, remote, two different customers. And I never set foot inside of a class. When that ended and I set foot in the class, I said, this is so much better. When I explained concepts like earn value or critical path, people doing this, people doing this, <laughs> right? Or what if. A- exactly <laughs> now if there's 10 people on the screen i can't see them all. some of the cameras are off but i can feel the energy of the room too yeah i would in the previous class as i had i would have i would get to quality no offense to the quality people but i i know quality reasonably well and i found this interesting part where a lot of people just fall asleep during it we were getting there at two o'clock in the afternoon on the second day of a of a, of a brain dump from me to them and they'd be <sighs> so i would have to say Let's take a break. That's harder to see on yeah. the remote. So I, I think we have to have better antenna on remote because uh, yeah. we just don't see everything.
0: Yeah, I think, it's I think it's sometimes... Though, but, yeah. No, no, I get that. I think it's, it, it's that... it. It's funny. It's some of the discipline of running meetings. And I had... Um, listening to uh and and meetings are such a big thing of what we do and everybody said this meeting could have been an email so i mean it's kind of all these things which is great because i wouldn't read the email if someone had sent it so you know i mean so then i'd have nothing to do with those scenarios So that's where i end up with that i think yeah if it's been an email i'm unlikely to read it so therefore it's even less effective than a meeting in my mind but and i think the thing is is it's a communication and it's a it's a communication tool. It's one of the millions of communication tools, and it is the most effective. Mm-hmm. Face-to-face meeting is the most effective if it's done right. Right. If it's done poorly, it can be the least, the biggest waste of time you can imagine, and that's that's, right. the, that's the problem, isn't it? Because an email, you can do it really quickly and really mm-hmm. effective, ineffectively, mm-hmm. because um, you have no control over and there's laughing in the background of my children who are <laughs> uh know i've got a podcast on and they they seem to be <laughs> entirely silent except for when i start recording right no um uh, so i'll have some conversations with them later um it doesn't <laughs> always pick up because this microphone's directional but even so it distracts me sorry about me no looking worries. away to that one uh, um yeah so no uh Bo and bonnie you're getting a call out on the podcast that you've been <laughs> in the backsides <laughs> so I'll tell them that I've done that now. They'll show um, up later on. <laughs> yeah, they will, yeah. Uh so uh, and I've lost my train of thought, except that I was good. Yeah, the fact that and I remember um it's the Manager Tools podcast, which is one of my favourite podcasts from a point of yeah. view of learning stuff. And, and actually your Wayne's Wayne Tamal's one was one of my early podcasts oh, that I used to listen okay. to. The uh, um the um Oh, what was it? The, the, something middle manager, wasn't it? The Gracchi middle manager yeah, or something like that. I actually
1: haven't listened to it. I only know him through yeah. through Rich and through the, his book. Yeah. I don't know his podcast. Yeah, it was, it's not a was, big it's podcast quite, Yeah, it's quite a long time ago that he did that pod,
0: co- podcast. Yeah. It was one of the early ones I listened to. But, but the thing that um, uh, they say in the manager tools one was around using, planning a meeting, having an agenda, mm-hmm. setting expectations, mm-hmm. right. controlling the meeting. Agree, thinking about what you're going to do, keeping to the agenda, the timings of the agenda, all these things that if you, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's remote, poor meetings tend to be ones that don't have that kind of structure. Right. Now, you have some meetings that are kind of updates, and that's kind kind of okay. They can be a bit of meandering because some people, they need a little bit more longer. Some people don't. But then the difficulty might be that you've got a talker like me, which is going to take 15 minutes to tell you what you could have told you in five. And someone who's <laughs> after me, who really wants to get out of that meeting quickly because they've got to drop to a client meeting or something like that. And would like to give their updates and, and then excuse themselves. But so again, it, the more structure you put into those meetings. Now, sometimes you need to, Add that flexibility. And like you said there, Thinking it's about thinking about the purpose of the meeting, thinking about right. the outcome you want for the meeting and thinking about the people in the meeting, what their input and what their output is, which takes time and effort, which we don't right. always do. And that's the thing that I think, Where, where do you?
1: how do you see that on that preparation for meetings? You know, it's interesting. I, I have a lot to say about this, but I'll try to condense it. First of all, a person might be taking notes saying, if I have an agenda, if I have objectives, if I invite the right people, if I if I have uh action items, I will have a great meeting. There's an important ingredient missing. Them. So I'll give you I'll give you an interesting example. Um uh, a young lady called me up, contacted me through my website, oh, it must be ten years ago now. Her project management office had been dissolved because a project had failed, therefore they blamed the discipline of project management. I won't even get into that. The only two people who were... Who were <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, the only two yeah. people were left... Right, we're, we're not going to use bo-
0: hammers anymore because yeah,
1: we, we bent the nail. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the only two people left were her boss, the director, and her. She wanted me to come in and help revitalize the PMO. So we talked about slides I would do, presentation I would do, Uh, And I came in into, interestingly, as a side note, some of it was remote, and it was long enough ago that we were walking over to some camera and holding up our laptop to show people who were remote, right? Ridiculous stuff. But, you know, that worked to some extent. I did my thing. I gave my talk. Now, I wasn't there to mentor her. That wasn't my job. I was there on her request to um, help rebuild interest in the PMO. I did my talk, and then... I sat down and she wanted to say something. She talked in such a monotone that I observed that people were this will happen. Drifting away, starting to talk to each other. They had started to tune her out. And it wasn't like, let's talk because she's boring. They just started to naturally talk to each other. Um, so if you have to have all that right, but you have to be interested in what you're talking about and be interesting and get people's attention. The other thing I tell people is, uh, If you're not, get presentation skills. I went to a presentation class back in 1990 in Chicago or someplace. Oh, you're jingling the keys in your pocket. You're boring, this and that. It's hard because they'll video you, but that's what you want. And to learn, now I've honed whatever I can do to speak from years of teaching. Some people will say they're an introvert. Guess what? So am I. Don't use that as a crutch. I don't care if you're an introvert. Too bad. You need to get up and speak. You need to speak clearly and convey what you're trying to say. You need to be interesting to your crowd. So you have all those things in place, being an interested in and interesting speaker. Now I'm going to save your viewers money on buying the book if they want to buy it. You know, two, the big, two biggest pieces of advice in the book. So one is, is is a corollary with what I just said. Be large and in charge. It's our meeting, but you're running it. There's only one person in charge of the meeting. It's the project manager. If the pro- if the meeting fails, or a series of meetings fail, then if I'm running it, I can go home and say to my wife, "I ran these meetings today, and Joe hijacked, and Nigel kept talking, and this other guy kept interrupting." And you know, if I didn't have that, I'd be fine. And she would be right to say, "Wasn't it? Weren't you running it?" Or my boss would say, "Weren't you running it?" Yeah, but what could I do? Well, there must be some strategy to keep these people from distracting you. So you need to be large and in charge. Now, here's the number one piece of advice. I'm going to back into it. I, uh, there's a consultant named Alan Weiss. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's an interesting guy. Alan is the kind of consultant. He didn't do this exactly, but I'll give you the type of level of consultant he is. He's the kind of guy they would have gone to one day and said, Steve Jobs is leaving the company. We need to find a replacement. He works at that kind of level. Okay, so, or worked. He then wrote a book on million, he calls it Million Dollar Consulting, a Million Dollar Consultant. He now consults to consultants like me. I've been mentored by one of his people. He writes books, how to get business, how to consult, writing books, et cetera. I went to one of his sessions at, and, and he's down in Rhode Island, which is not too far from the Boston area. He came up, I was right near Logan Airport. We went to a meeting and there was a, a gal that got up and said, I gave my customer 10 recommendations. And he only did one. Alan said, did he pay you? She said, yeah. And he said, you're upset that you didn't do it." She said, well, yeah. He says, stop looking for unconditional love. Okay. Now, Alan is also a psychologist. Do not go into a meeting expecting to be liked, wanting to be liked. Example, I go into a meeting. I'm running the meeting. It's a one-hour meeting, and our agenda is to plan a project. We have an hour. Plan whatever we can in that hour. Let's keep it short. And I've got a guy who likes the sound of his own voice. And for 10 minutes, he drones on about something they used to do and this and that. And in my head, even if is saying, if I stop him from talking, he won't like me anymore. If that's what I'm basing it on, then... Guess what? The other of people in the room are looking at me saying, Jim, can you do something here? So I'm going to have to go to him and say, hey, you know, Bob, very interesting. And right at that point, I'm interrupting. Right at that point, I'm interrupting him. And I'm saying, Bob, with all due respect, you've made your point. If there's nothing further, if you have something really important, I'll talk about other important things. We can set up a separate meeting. You want to hear him. You want to respect him. You need to stop him. And then move on. Stop worrying about being liked. And worry about getting through the objectives of the meeting. I've had numerous times people just, you know, cross their arms. They're a little bit offended. I'm not yelling at them. They get it. And very often, you said it yourself. You said that you like to talk. I don't know you very well. You're aware that you like to talk. People who like to talk know they like to talk or the people who are have more devious things in mind, the goblins, we call them the bullies, like to intimidate, and we try to shut them down as well. So everything from the innocuous, the people who like to talk, the people who go off on tangents, you must control that situation, stop worrying about being liked, start worrying about meeting the objectives, because I'm gonna tell you, if you come at a series of meetings and your boss says, what were the result of these meetings? Well, I couldn't finish it because of this and that, your boss may say, yeah, he's a pain. Or he might say, aren't Aren- you in charge of the meeting? Because guess what? I would. If you work for me, I'm going to say, you better learn how to run that meeting. So stop worrying. And in fact, I'll close this on one thing. Alan Weiss, I subscribed to his newsletter. Coincidentally, this week, one of the things was, I forget the exact quote. I put it in a slide presentation i would be doing, was about being liked or not being liked. I, out of nowhere. I haven't seen him in 10 years about that very thing. And I put it into there about the leaders don't worry about that. That is not their thing. We're not trying to be disliked, but that is not the primary thing. I don't think Jeff Bezos is sitting there too. Do my people like me? They probably don't. (laughs) They may not. He's not really worried about that. He's worried about the customer servicing the customer. He's got other problems and whatnot, but they're worried about servicing the customer. I'm not worried about going to a meeting and having people like me. It's just wrong. So there's save yourself the 30 bucks or 30 quid or whatever in the book if you want. And do that. And it's gonna be hard at first, but you have to do it. And if they come up afterwards and say, you cut me off, yes I did. I had to, because we had to get to the meeting objectives. Do that, practice that. Practice being large and in charge and not being liked, your meetings will be better. Yeah, it's great. It's
0: th- one of the things I've heard about before is with that sort of scenario where, and I think it, it elevates in this remote environment, hybrid yeah. environment as well, is the fact that if you've got a dominator in the room, and you've got people, so that dominator will dominate and overtalk some people. You've got to be really conscious of, you, you can see it in the room, can't you? Where someone, you've got the person trying to make the point, and you've got the, the high D just talking over the top of them, or the high I. Right. And the person who there, who kind of, well, they talked over me, I'm not going to say anything. And, and they, they, they're they looking right. at the desk or whatever they're starting to do. Right. And you go, Jim, can you just finish... Can you just finish that point you were trying to make? You were making, mm-hmm. trying to make right. whatever, um, right. or you stop the other person and say, "Can someone finish?" When they're remote, you can't. You don't immediately pick up on, especially if they're not got right. a video on. You won't pick up on that person going down like that. So your attention right. on when people are getting cut over has to mm-hmm. be really finer, doesn't it? You, you need, and yeah. that's where I, I think and and it's kind of we, we, we'll go into a four hour. AI conversation. If we're not careful, now the <laughs> right. the are you I, I, the thing I've always struggled with. Again, I'm a bit of a talker. Be one and part. Be part of it. I'm a terrible note taker. Can't read my hang, <laughs> own handwriting. Always right. try to find solutions to this. <laughs> right. Uh, got to the point where I started using um one note and. Right. OCR recognition and stuff like that, and never quite got a solution. You know the the project manager's book that we always used to have that we always had our notes in. That mm-hmm. a, a doctor could have written mine usually, you know, right. It's right. Two two fifty six encrypted. Um, mm-hmm. and so the advent of AI, the advent of products like Otter, the use of we we do it ourselves. We use Teams and let it transcribe as well at times mm. in these in these mm-hmm. meetings too. Um, allow us to capture that and be then allow you as project manager rather than having to have and I've had this and it doesn't work very well having a a more junior member of the team take notes take minutes or Mm -hmm. at one time I was very lucky that someone I had a PA who was wasn't my PA someone else's but they came and took notes in the meetings it never was quite right and they'd get actions and the words weren't right things like that and AI doesn't get it right but it G- gets awesome. 90, 96% of it right which is, is just okay. as good as human I think. Um, mm-hmm. how do you see that kind of transform the the, the ability to do meetings because one of the things you were saying about where people get lost in cyberspace or just tune out and think oh I should listen back to that
1: mm-hmm. the
0: ability to have a, a digital copy and a transcription later and trying to remember the conversations, I think is really powerful but it's not mm-hmm. endemic yet in, in doing it and part of that's going to be co2 storage the amount of co2 it's going to use for right. keeping all those recordings but there's a benefit right. there isn't
1: there you know it's interesting the ai thing i think you mentioned did you mention otter o-t-t-e-r yeah did you say yeah. that or no yeah so yeah my otter otter AI, story, i've used, yeah.
0: That, used that for a while not, not so much uh, for meetings uh, but just for my own um uh your own stuff transcription yeah for when i
1: write ideas as i'm going for a walk it's it's interesting because I here's my own AI stories. First of all, the the, it, it, the world is sort of before and after chat GPT, which came out last November, and, and sort of yep. all of a sudden it was a big – had been there, and all of a sudden that was the tipping point. Um, I was asked to – three or four months ago by one of my colleagues to information interview with a guy who wanted to get into project – I do this all the time. I mentor people. People want to talk – I'll talk yep. to anybody about getting into project management. A woman from the UK talked to me Did two you. weeks ago. We spoke. Yeah, we just we just do it, right? So he, I gave him a Zoom, and he came in, and it popped up and said, Otter ATI, which I'd never heard of. And what is that? Okay, fine, whatever. So we're talking, and we're talking about his potential career and other stuff, some of it's confidential. It ends, and then it comes up and says, your Otter AI is ready, and it, for those who haven't, aware of it. it does recording and it does transcription and whatnot. I said, what is this? So I had to create an account to find out and it was recording everything we said and I wrote to the guy and I said, did you record? I don't know what this is. Did you record it? He said, I never heard of it. And it's he Google. Isn't it?
0: Be- it's it's was Google it? Meet. so Sometimes it's Google has got some. <laughs> I know that um although I've got Otter, I think it maybe if it was through a Google Meet it might have done it through and offered it through that.
1: Just spont- No, it was Zoom because it was my it was my anyway. meeting. In fact, he it's couldn't weird. have triggered it through my meeting. So we went back and forth. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. And I contacted Otter to let them know. And the other thing was, I, I, I said to him, we have laws here. You can't record me without my consent. I, You, you can't. And, and different states have different laws. I think he was in Connecticut. It was a two-way street. Either one of us so said, you can't do that. That was my first thing with that. Interestingly, no reason for me not to use it. I don't really need it. I tend to get my notes other ways. Yeah. But here's an interesting tidbit for you. Today, Rich and I, my colleague who wrote the book, had a, 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 a Zoom meeting, which I sent him, uh, because we're putting together a presentation on this very topic for PMI. As I went into Zoom, it added an AI app. Today. Came up at okay. the bottom of the screen. I barely had a chance to look it up. just letting you know and your viewers know rich didn't get it yet so they might be rolling out slowly is some okay. kind of a app that pops up right at the bottom right where it says camera and and share screen right in the middle of there so there is now one built in if you go into bing it's there other ai story that's interesting that's not about meetings but i think your your listeners and viewers might find of interest um rich teaches at boston university my alma mater and uh, he's a master lecturer there and he invited me into a conference he had a few months ago to host a session with three or four people to discuss project manager offices or something like that and um one of the sessions was about ai because that's the big thing and two of the professors got up and talked about the use of chat gpt specifically they might have used what's the other one bard and um they experimented. They asked the AI tool to, oh, here's what it was. They were using a, a, a scholastic thing. Students wanted to have a party. It was a fake thing. Students wanted to have a party, and they have X amount, Y, Z amount of money. And they said to Chad GPT, give us some options for the type of parties we might do. Well, ChatGPT GPT came, here's the good news. Chad GPT came back with a weighted, W-E-I-G-H-T-E-D table, of the various options of what it would cost and the best one of those three, whether to have a, a boating thing or a drinking, whatever it might have been, right? Those various options. It even created a charter. It created all these great artifacts that you and I would have to churn out over a written how yep. many charters, dozens of, churn, and it would churn that out. That was the good news. The bad news is, and I know I'm veering from from uh, from meetings, but it's important the earned value numbers were wrong. For those of you who don't know, earned value is a technique mostly largely used in the government here in the States, other places as well, to gauge performance. You have to use math, dollar math. It calculated the numbers dead wrong. So they had to go back and calculate the numbers right. So chat GPT got it partially right and partially wrong. And in my own experiences with AI, I have asked it questions where it can up. One of them was, Something about George Lucas and Star Wars. Oh, you know what it was? It was I said to it, Where did the name Indiana Jones come from? I could look I could have Google that was curious. It said, Well, um, he went to school in Indiana. And I looked it up. George Lucas never went to school anywhere but California. Ever. At any point in time. Ever. And I went back and said, You're wrong. He said, Oh, sorry about that. So <laughs> Take AI with it right now with a grain of salt. It's it's new. Uh, yeah, we fear it. Think, I think it's new, the,
0: relatively. It's the same. It's the same as using Google, though, isn't it? You, you Google something, you check it on Wikipedia. You, you have to. You, 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 anything you get on Facebook, anything there, you have to have that le- level of skepticism on that. And I think the tool that right. is using those sort of tools for absolutes is is, is not a good idea. Any anything other than an expert is, is a bad idea to take. And even then, some of so that, they might have a... To, to, interim, to your point, if
1: something. I was using Otter AI, I bet if, if you said, I, I think it's a good idea if we do X, and if it heard you say, I don't think it's a good idea, and I publish it, what is Nigel saying? He doesn't like this idea, and it was a furor of something that you never said. So mm. I'm leery. I like the idea of minutes, but... Uh, maybe I'm old fashioned. I'd still rather take it myself for right or vet them. Well I got my I own little notes and do that. Right. Yeah, I th- I think it's kinda of, I think on things
0: like that where you've got decisions. Um yeah. and um the minutes are uh, lightly. So yeah, I, I would say with the decisions, you need to look at those and go we've decided this. Okay, have we? Let's go back because right. you go back to that bit of writing, you listen to the recording, and you can hear what it says, and you can edit mm. it and correct it or whatever. I think that right. it's it's because it's, I've used it for some of my um, uh, writing to, to be able to record, quickly transcribe, and then pop it in. Yeah. And I've used yeah. uh, words transcription as well. And I just, it's just an interesting one because I do think it's one of those things that it does, as project managers, you do end up being the note taker. And there is that concept right. of the, he who has the pen has the power in the meeting. Right, but actually, he who has the pen or she who has the pen isn't necessarily in the meeting because you're trying to listen to everything rather than process and contribute,
1: and that makes it really hard. We talk about that. We talk about having a scribe. I'm going to get the person that I trust. Anybody shouldn't say trust. Go to trust. You know, Mary. I'm always Mary and Joe. Mary, can you? Would you mind taking notes so I can focus on the things that you talked about, which are somebody talks over somebody else and wait a yeah. minute somebody was trying to make a point there and then she's not writing that down but she's writing the minutes for me and we go over those at the end so if at all possible it's good to have a scribe that's always been the case i felt yeah. for quite a while now if you possibly can timekeepers you can be the timekeeper yourself timekeeping is very important that goes along with the, the th- I'm, I'm i'm usually pretty good at that where i say 15 minutes left and they look at me and grumble say you can grumble all you want but there's still 15 minutes left <laughs> Because now you grumble. Now there are 14 minutes left, right? (laughs) Because people, here's the thing. When you do work with people, if it's a half-hour meeting, whatever you're doing, exercises, the time goes like this. And so they spend 10 minutes figuring what they're going to do, and they've got 20 minutes left if you're doing some exercise and whatnot or some discussion. You have to keep that thing moving along. You have to be a good timekeeper. There's a balancing act there, and I think running meetings involves – your emotional intelligence, knowing yourself, how you come across, how to read the room, how are people feeling, have your agenda, be large and in charge. Don't worry about being like I'm not saying fix all these things at the same time, but if your meetings right now stink <laughs> and you want to get them better, do your own retrospective. Figure out figure out what's not going well and figure out one thing to fix. Fix that, then fix another thing. Caveat. I think I mentioned this to you pre-call, Nigel. If you're working in a toxic environment or the person that's the that's the goblin, the bully, where three levels above you, or you're working in a family-run organization and the brother-in-law or the sister-in-law is giving you a hard time, these are harder. They may not be solvable in the same way. So if it's a VP three levels up, I might go to my sponsor and say, somebody from such, or such organization is disrupting my meetings. I've tried to control it and maybe a sponsor and my boss has to step in. Don't try to solve every problem if you're the project manager. I have too many project managers as as a consultant or, or or my students who are afraid to escalate. If I escalate, my boss will think of less of me. Well, if you don't escalate and things go south, he'll think yeah. even less of you. When's the right time? You're a manager, I think of people, is, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I, is it fair to say, I'll turn the question to you, back to you. Do people? Would you prefer that your people never escalate to you and always solve all their problems, or are there times when they should escalate? No, because they're a fine line.
0: The, the thing is, is you have seen the situation where people haven't escalated; they've tried to solve it, and they've got to the point where it's um, or they don't need to escalate. Actually, mm. coming to me to sound out an approach to deal with the situation isn't an escalation. So if they come to me and say, Right, I've got this person, he worked he works in that area, it's been right pen now this meeting. I've tried this, I've tried this, I'm gonna try this. Does mm. what does that sound like? Because I'm there to support them, to mentor them right. in, in ways to do it, and be that sounding board. And and then mm. I might actually say, Don't worry about that. I'll have him I'll have a word with him. Do you know what I mean? I may take that on board. I giving right. me the opportunity to because it could be one of those things, yeah, I know what you mean. I know they're a pain in the backside. I need mm-hmm. to have a word with them, but I need to have a specific word with them, because right. I've dealt with them before, maybe, and I've seen that happen. Um, mm. But again, I think the other point there is also seeking advice, because if you go there, mm. I've, I've tried everything that I can think of, boss, in trying right. to solve this situation of this person. This, this, mm-hmm. this, this, this. Mm. I may come up with another tactic. I may also, quite often, I'll sit there and go, well, let's, let's, because I've been more removed. Let's sit to decide and think about where they're coming from. What's the problem they've got? What is it that, why are they, are they just an arse? <laughs> or are they, right. or are they, have they got a problem that we're not addressing and therefore right. we need to address them? Is it something else that, that my team member doesn't know about that I know about? It, it, it can be all manner of things. And I think you. it the answer is always go to your arse, but don't just go, I don't know what to do. I've not tried anything. Cause that's exactly. not what you expect. I was going to call go, that
1: out. You, Yeah. 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 You, you don't you just that, go there. Said...
0: Help, yeah. help. I don't know what to do. Right. You've gone. I, and I don't, I don't believe in this thing. Come to me with solutions, not problems because right. Right. I, I don't give a damn if you've got the solution. Really go and mm. implement it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's fine. I don't, why waste, why waste their time telling me the good thing that's going to happen when they've already right. worked it out. It's when that's what we're there for is to help when yeah. they're stuck. Right, and sometimes it's just right. perspective that helps that Yeah, and sometimes it's absolutely you've got to do something completely different and, and, and be an escalation up through the trees
1: yeah I think that's the, you said it right because if they came to you and said I haven't tried anything yet I thought I'd throw it in your lap I, I probably did that in my early days as a project manager because I was I had, let's put it this way you learn that one because you have enough people who are your boss to say you go figure it out or come back when you've tried a couple of things oh I guess I didn't handle that the right way so yeah I would want that as well, um, and I think most people would want that, but in the meeting situation, you have to know when you can address it, try to address it, and again, if it's if it's that VP, who everybody knows is a problem, and he's coming to your meeting, well, you know, at least you have the tools of the things we yeah. talked about. Maybe he's going to a lot of bad meetings. Maybe come to your meeting and say, wait a minute, I was ready for a real confrontation. Jim's got an agenda. He's running this meeting. He's getting... Maybe he's pissed off because he's never getting to the point where he's getting anything that he really needs. Maybe Maybe you're the one meeting where he's getting what he needs. And it's like, it's a breath of fresh air. He spent all day in meetings, which by the way, I think I mentioned to you, maybe it was offline. I can't remember now. Rich came up with a graphic too late to put in our book that showed the effect of back to back meetings. I worked Mm -hmm. at one place where a back to back to back to back to back, not me, but other people. And they showed the brain getting more and more stressed as it was like that. So, Space them out if you can. There's 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 things that can be done instead of this fatalistic all meetings are bad attitude. Well I think
0: I think part of the back to back meeting thing also is some people see it as a badge of honour.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. back to I'm in
0: back-to-backs, I mean back to back, so I'm so how important, important am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that means I haven't got any of the work done that you want me to do, and I've got to sit down in front of the TV and watching MasterChef, where they're really good at timing it, meetings and giving you uh, uh, doing your approvals for your expenses or whatever. I, do you mean it? There is that kind of bravado of of thinking that right. Uh, whereas I'm I'm not a paragon of virtue, but I've got big blocks of time <laughs> in my diary saying sod off.
1: I'm doing stuff. Right. Right, I'm reading mail. I worked at one place where they lunch. had those. They, well, I worked at one place where they had those back-to-back meetings. They were scrum masters as you, some years ago before I'd really gotten into agile. And two people, one woman had, she brought me into the company from a, a class I taught, two scrum masters, and they would have back-to-back meetings on the phone all day. So they had a cafeteria, and we'd go to the cafeteria. And what they would do, I'd go up there, I was a contract, and I'd eat. They go up, get their lunch, go right back to their desk and work. And I came to realize it was the culture of that place. I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it. I said, I'm not going to do that. They just went back to the, ate at their desk. And I didn't know if that was because I think they just got the idea somewhere in there that that's what one does. And if one wants to it get ahead, heavy. and then it becomes this corporate thing where it's like, why am I doing this nutty thing? Because just because everybody around me is doing different topic. But again, they were in back-to-back meetings. I could see the effect on them. And I think scientifically, we they've proven that that's not a good thing. No, it's, it's yeah.
0: bonkers. It's, it's bonkers yeah. to be like. <laughs> Time and, and the schedule
1: and, is good. Yeah, you've got so many and good
0: And the more senior you get up in the organization, mm-hmm. the more I see it in mm-hmm. organizations. And I, and I, the more I look at that, and I think those are the people you don't want in back-to-back meetings. What right. you want them is I don't care whether they're sitting in a yoga position or they're sat in a meeting room with a whiteboard strategizing mm-hmm. and thinking about 10 years hence for the organization and being right that be it blue screen that they there that that's where they should be. how do we leverage this organization that far ahead not right. that tactical stuff of dealing with what's going on today that's and, and to that point.
1: Go. The people that we go to, I worked for a chief technology officer for about a year and a half, and you better have a good story when you went in his office. I remember well, two things. Here's, here's, I worked for Lotus Development once. It was a good place to work uh, many years ago, and I had a boss there who was a senior manager, and he was my boss's boss. My boss, I went to him and I knocked on his door and he said, this better be good. I don't remember what, it, what the topic was anymore. So I told him whatever it was, we resolved it. Later, maybe in the same year, I went to uh, took my family to Disney in Orlando, Florida. And I ran into him at the airport bar. Hey, Jim, how's it going? He was a completely different fellow. Of course. Yeah. He was a completely different fellow. But he was being in the business mode. So we have to realize that when we go to these people, like you said, to go back what you said, you want people to have tried something. I want to make sure that I have the best use of their time. If I scheduled a half-hour meeting uh, with um, this chief technology officer, if I can get it done in 10 minutes, he'll be very happy. 20 minutes back in his schedule, or he would cut it short or do whatever he could to do that. So I think it's important. To your point about those people thinking, and I talked about how was, you know Zoom fatigue, and we talked about people's ability to move around. Steve Jobs was famous for... Taking long walks. If you ever see the, read the Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson about Steve Jobs, uh, he's recently written a book about Elon Musk, which I'm not going to read, but I read the Steve Jobs one. And Jobs would say, come take a walk with me. And they would take long walks. He would strategize. And, you know, whatever you want to say about Jobs. How many industries was he significant in? Five, six, seven? Yeah. So, um, you know, taking those walks, moving around. How many times do we have the aha moment in the shower or whatever? I take walks. I don't know how many. Unfortunately, I don't have the inspirational things, but I get out of my own head for a while and do that. Get out, get some fresh air. So I think it's important for people to decompress a little bit, and I think they don't do that. So there's so many things that are psychological, as I think yeah. about it, as you and I talk about it, around running the meeting that have less to do with the grunt work of the meeting and more to do with attitude and, like I said, emotional intelligence. We could talk for an hour about that. Um, you reading the room. When I became an agile coach, we would say, you should know what happened in the room before you entered the room. You know, what were the dynamics going on there? And that's true of any kind of a meeting, I think, whether it's teaching or anything else. There's so much to it. And I think we are losing uh, – uh, uh, the numbers aren't as good on the success of projects as they should be. I remember when agile came along, and the Agile treated like it was the panacea. And now I find them arguing about things all the time. I said, well, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah. I know this. I know this. Agile has a lot of meetings. And I know right. now that they're being run by people who may or may not know how to run meetings. So I think it's important on either side of the equation to do that. But I would, I would tell your listeners and viewers, any kind of a retrospective is good. Looking back and saying, what did we do well? What did we not do so well? What's the one thing we can improve in our next sprint? Or again, if you're running meetings, and something happened in the meeting, you go back and say, "What's the one thing I could improve on that meeting? What could I? Did I have an agenda? Did I have the right people there? Did I control the meeting? Let me improve that one thing." And then people will—they're not going to clamor to come to your meeting and carry you out on their shoulders, but they'll—they'll they'll not dread <laughs> the thought yeah. of your meeting. <laughs> yeah, that hopefully make a they're difference. pretty well run. Yeah
0: well i'm just i've just spotted that we're coming up on, on an hour and a quarter we've been talking about this oh, okay. and and it's it's a fascinating subject and there's probably another two or three hours we could carry on talking about it i'm sure um yeah. it people i'm, I'm sure if people want to find out more There's i know there's loads of uh, you've got loads of content uh yourself there's the book itself uh remind us of what it's called again it is uh, I'm trying to find it. I can't remember. Where's
1: the, the my it's list test the title? Great mil- Great Meetings Build Great Teams, and it's a guide it. for project leaders in Agile's Amazon, the usual places. There's a Kindle version. Uh, there's cool. a, a print version. Rich and I have talked about an audio version, but that's another project. If only Not that many people have, have requested it, but it's very much of a nuts and bolts how to run a meeting. It is not lofty. It is not academic. I have to pull Rich away from the academic because he is an academic. So we try to make a brief handbook, a couple hundred pages, on how to run a meeting if you adopt a couple of the techniques you're ahead of the game, I think. Something about the science of it and whatnot. So, it's good stuff. Brilliant. And if people want to to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, They can I'll give you my email address. They can email me if they want. I don't care. It's uh, Stewart. So J S T E W A R T at J P Stewart Consulting, J P S T E W A R T Consulting dot com. That's my professional email. I'm fine. I'll talk to people, email them, whatever. You know, I, I, you, you mm-hmm. and I talked about that. We mentor people. We talk to people. People don't tie me down for months at a time. They ask a question or two and they move on. So I, if I can be of help, that'd be great. Brilliant.
0: Well, Jim, thank you so much uh, for giving me so much time and such an interesting, fascinating talk. There's a few things in there. I think I think I need to apply some retrospective to some of my meetings as well again, and kind of sure. uh, start thinking about that attention around all the people who are in that meeting. And the meetings I've had today that I know that I'm going to um, rethink about how and reframe how I might have done them, and uh, maybe give some Fix advice one and, thing. some others. Fix yeah, one
1: th- thing. five things, six, five things. But yeah. if you try to fix five things, you might say, I can't fix them all, I'll fix none. If the worst thing that happened was it ran over or they all ran over, try to fix that.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ideal.
1: Brilliant. Yep. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. And yep. uh, it's good to speak to you. Thanks very Thanks, much. Thanks, Nigel. Take care.
0: Thank you. Another great sponsor of the show. He comes in the form of Airman Manual. Air um, manual is a well, it's a tool for documenting process, which um, and best practices. Um, uh, it's run. It's a company formed by one of my uh, interviewees, uh, Alexis Kingsbury, um, Essentially, uh, and I, I kind of summarised why my view of where we see documentation, and my experience has been, people will document something process, they'll put it in a a Visio diagram that gets loaded onto a SharePoint site or something similar and then a bunch of that so then once that diagram has been shared with senior management they're happy they have a process in the business but then the the detailed procedures underneath it might be in with documents uh, just poorly kept and not linked easily and not updated and what Air Manual does it allows you to put in a it's a tool for doing this kind of thing you whack it in uh, the service in there, get in there, put in your process, your flow, and you build it down to its lower level of detail, even to the point of checklists, where people can check off they've done it. So it creates that um, uh, guided checklists, um, easy to create, easy to maintain, and all in one place, and no one's kind of rooting around to find the SharePoint, and then when you change to new SharePoint services, and all that stuff, it, it's all there. So if you pop along to nigelpreece.com slash um, There's a bit more detail there, a link there to click on to uh, go and get. I think uh, they offer a trial and things like that. So uh, uh, it uh, it it's something that I think uh, can easily um, reduce the amount of errors, rework, etc. Within our organisation. So um, yeah, take a look. <laughs> So this is my final wrap-up. Every week you're going to hear this, you're going to get bored of it, but you can always click next podcast if so. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you listen listened to this podcast to the end of this uh, show and you think, that was great, I'd love to be able to help Nigel out, um, there are loads of ways you can do it. Um, the, the first and, and obvious way is to um, share the podcast send it out to people um if you if you know colleagues and friends who'd benefit from it you think they'd enjoy it just send them the link grab one of the links or send them to www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts that's com slash podcasts and that'll push them over to a um a link tree link and it's got all of the different ways they can consume the the podcast uh if you are feeling generous and have a big bag of cash you could grab a copy of one of my books obviously um uh, they're available in all the usual places and print and 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 digital again jump on the website uh slash shop and that will give you a list of all the different ways that you can contribute um and, and grab copies of the book also got Um, links to all my guests books on there as well where I get a little bit of a kickback from them Um, if you are of a sporting mind um, I have a number through doing some of my uh, judo and and running uh, antics uh, I've managed to secure a few um, uh, affiliate links and affiliates uh, there as well so in there somewhere in the sponsors page there's links to those as well so clicking onto those and grabbing uh, your if you're With it, if you're looking to uh, get super fit then that would be fabulous as well and I get a little kickback from those Uh, I have a Patreon account it's patreon.com slash sundaylunchpm Uh, so again you can ping something in there buy me a coffee or whatever and finally obviously the most important is coming back coming back listen again Um, because uh, the more of you that come back uh, the more Uh, visibility I get because there's more times that it's downloaded and all the SEO works and things like that. So yeah, that's it. So uh, if you can help me out, I would be much appreciated. If you can't, don't worry about it. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Uh, My latest the, the latest affiliate that I've got on the show now, is Riverside. Um, I use Riverside to do my interviews, Riverside FM. Um, <clears throat> it kind of offers you know, a whole, if you like, micro studio management producer tooling, and and, and goes beyond that. Has a really good free layer. <clears throat> and I, um, I've been using it for a while now. I find it really good. When I've had issues, even though I'm not on one of the higher paid levels, the support has been quick responsive and, and, and of high quality, and, and people keen to help me. Uh, the organization seems really good, the product seems really intuitive, um, and uh, quality is really good as well. And they, it's good, the clever way of doing it is when you're, you're recording through your browsers, so you are not got loads of desktop resources being used compared to some other products that I've used. Um, and what they also do is they do, a, um, they stream a, a lower quality version of it up onto uh, as you're doing the interview, so you're not burning bandwidth while you're doing the interview and potentially uh, impacting on the quality of the conversation. Uh, and then at the end, it uploads it uh, the the higher quality from your browser. Um, I mean, it, it's just a really good way of doing it. So, um, if you are uh, thinking of doing a podcast, and who's doing a podcast, I, I would recommend using this tool. I find it really good. Best best of the tools that I've tried using um, today. And you can get that at nigelcreaser.com riverside, and that will redirect you to uh, my kickback page uh, on their site, and there uh, I will get a little kickback uh, from them. So um, take a look. Thanks. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye.